Hello, we are here again for another Minecraft Let's Play video. <laughs> you know, that's not where I thought this Episode was going to go. Episode 7,824. Today, we are getting our first iron. Yo, do you remember watching, a like, I think you were the one that introduced me to him. Do you remember watching Dan TDM? Oh, God. <laughs> that was so long ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was thinking about him the other day. I wonder what he's up to. I think he does. I think he does. He still does some Minecraft, but I think he also does uh, lots of Roblox content, if I remember really? right. That's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember I had like little, uh, like little statues of his of his Minecraft skin. It was like a quality like little vinyl figure that you could like move. Oh God, the U twos before U twos. Yeah, yeah. It was like you could you could, they made Minecraft figures and you could put any skin onto them. And I I got his. Oh, and then you I ordered got his them. and yeah, his yeah, wife's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but oh god, another another Minecraft YouTuber with a wife story, popular MMOs. Oh my god, yeah. Dude <clears throat> made a bunch of videos, mod showcases. His his girlfriend was in a bunch of them. They got married and then they got divorced. Did they really? Yeah, and they still do content sometimes. Oh my god. Like he barely uploads, but when it does, she's still in them. I had no idea they got like, divorced, yo. That's yeah. So sad. It's like. It's like, what, what, what is the context there that leads you to still be doing content and like, <laughs> but, but yeah, being, yeah. I mean like, yeah, being chill, I understand, but it, it's a really weird yeah. vibe, especially cause it's like every couple months yeah, or something, kinda, a video it's pops up. feel kind of forced in a way. And they, and they have a, with their Minecraft skins, I think they have like a graphic novel series yeah. or something. They do, I've seen that. That started before, that's, I believe that started while they were married, so I don't know what the character's vibe is in there. Um, oh my god. Like what? Okay, uh, that's really off topic, but I appreciate this. Um, hello, the SCP shit. Uh, today we're, <laughs> we're doing something called the Cool War. Um, yeah, I think we've done the first one of this before. I read, I skimmed it indefinitely. Um, it's an Are We Cool Yet, like series of tales or whatever but it just seemed interesting so we're yeah, gonna do there it. are 23 parts <laughs> so we'll get is, through they're short yeah, also this is gonna be probably like a, a bit of a multi-parter uh, or maybe two or three episodes or maybe we'll just like lose interest in maybe. it or something yes, who knows we'll see um but it just be like for that. this one uh we're starting off the first one is is called wow you could kill yourself cephal um which i think soren says i believe we've done this yeah but one. i think for the sake of this it it would be smart to read it again um just so we have that yeah well yeah what i was saying if you remember that title so do i and i at least can't well. can't speak for you there <laughs> wow heard it here first folks Crazy. all right uh you heard it here <laughs> folks they've heard of this one before because they read it already well because also we did it before we definitely did this one we've done it before therefore we've done it before all right i'm never before seen except for the one time when it was yes <laughs> right. I was, I was, I wanted to ask, like, are you done? Are you, okay. Um, no. Right. Uh, I'll go ahead and I can just read this one. Um, you can just Absolutely. alter these on them. Uh, so this first one's called "Wow, We Go Kill Yourself." Cephal, not self. Cephal. Um, so, uh, this is part one, I guess. Three people have died from your exhibition. They signed waivers. I've got people breathing down my neck here. Okay. Well, they all well, signed waivers. They knew what they were getting into. They were consenting adults. Ruiz Duchamp's latest exhibition was, he believed, his masterpiece. An installation that had taken him five months in total to construct. Wowie, go kill yourself, uh, was his homage to, was his homage to, oh my fucking god, was his homage to stupidity. He had jumped through so many hoops to absolve himself of responsibility, and yet he was still being slammed by the men. It was ridiculous. They're demanding you get rid of the smallpox. One of the most popular parts of Wowie was stab yourself with nettles. It was simply an open box containing meals with samples of the most virulent diseases and deadly poisons in the history of mankind. This was how one of the people had died, after willfully injecting himself with a deadly dose of everything. I won't compromise the integrity of the piece to accommodate for morons. You're going to have to. And the blades have to go, too. The noisiest piece in the hall, shove your fingers in blades number one through five, were simply high-rotation carbon steel circular saws. They had been painted in bright primary colors, but besides that, they were perfectly normal and could easily remove a hand. Two hands had been willfully removed by critics. There are warnings everywhere. The whole point of the piece is to put people in easily avoidable but very real danger. If you recontextualize any of it, it's worthless. 
Good enough. Not good enough. You're marching to the drum of the men. I'm trying to save people's lives. You're trying to save idiots who shove their fingers into bloody saws. The name of the piece told them to. Hell, at least I didn't name anything jump off a bridge. What a catastrophe that would have been. Every piece in the exhibit was designed to kill, or at the very least, grievously injure. The one fear that Ruiz had was that some particularly idiotic person would use them to kill, or at the very least, grievously injure another person. Fortunately, this had not yet occurred. We've already taken the C4 from you. What? Nobody even press press button for fireworks. This is downright puritanical. Safety comes first. You can't pull shit like this in my gallery. You're ruining the vision. You saw it before. The work's been recontextualized. The police weren't breathing down my fucking neck. You need to make everything safe, or you need to get out of here. I regret it, and you know I love the piece, but people are just too stupid for it. That is the purpose of the work. If you're too stupid to not know to sit in an electric chair and pull the lever, it's your own damn fault. Their blood is on my canvas. I know, I, I get it, but get it somewhere else. Sorry. Ruiz was disappointed. He walked into his favorite room, passing the box of cyanide pills, saying, Complimentary. Please take one. He moved past the automatic countdown guillotines. He looked passively beyond. Here, play with these knives. He had one piece that he'd been saving for a particularly disappointing event. He closed the airtight door and breathed slowly. Everyone was a fucking idiot. Nobody got it. Nobody really got it. As he turned the knob, liquid nitrogen sprayed across his scalp and flesh. His final thoughts weren't that it, were that it didn't matter. At least he got it. He really got it. And that was all he needed. Take shower to be cool. So, yeah, we... So this is just kind of setting up uh, a really good context for Ari Kuya. They're exceptionally pretentious. <laughs> but Soren... Art more important than literally Soren, everything. Soren, he huh? gets it. He really gets it. He's cool. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, go ahead and read the next one if you want. If you want. You can just leave the call if you like as well. Okay. I will. Goodbye. Oh my god, he fucking left the call. <laughs> I'm back. Alright, read. Um, Alright, next one is entitled It Just Shattered. And this one uh, se seems to be two agents talking about something. Or maybe not, I don't know. Okay, anyway. This isn't structurally possible. Well, yes, that's why we called you. What's up with it? No fucking clue. Agent Green lit a cigarette and began gesticulating towards the piece. Can you please not smoke in here? It's obvious that it's non-Euclidean. You might have to be a bit concerned about fallout. What, you think it's radioactive or something? No, I mean, it might literally fall outwards. That would be problematic. Anything particularly valuable in here? Sir, this is an art gallery. So, nothing then. Brilliant. We'll probably have to blow it up. No way we could even try to move it. It could tear the space around it. That'd be problematic. Blow it up? No way. Much too dangerous. You could take on the whole building. Agent Green leveled his eyes at the stern curator. You realize you have a physics-defying object in here, right? That's ten years in jail in this state. Minimum sentence. The curator's stern facade wavered slightly. That's nonsense. It's one of those stupid laws nobody really thinks is serious. Stuff like riding a bicycle in a swimming pool or feeding cheese to a rabbit by hand. The long list of bullshit just hides the outrageous things that actually happen. So you can either let me smash this thing, or you'll go to jail for a very long time. Agent Green blew a mouthful of smoke up towards the intricate glass statue. The smoke followed the curvature, making its way up a thin column. It sped up and slowed down, appeared and disappeared as it weaved its way through the warped space. Yeah, this is pretty complex. No way to remove it without destruction. Probably bending the space by itself, though. Once we get rid of it, you'll have no problems. Beneath the pedestal, there was a small bronze plaque. I know you're going to fuck this up, you assholes. Why can't you just learn to leave a well enough alone? Some of us are trying to actually make something and not take part in a stupid fucking dick measuring contest while trying to be the kings of the playground. But fuck it, I guess I can say making you destroy this is a piece of unwilling performance art. So good job, well done. You've protected countless civilians by smashing this thing. And meanwhile, I'm off making another ten just like it in other galleries while you try to play catch up, you stupid fucking twats. Just fuck off seriously by Ruiz. Ruiz Duchamp. This Duchamp guy, you ever met him? Just the once when he came in here. You have a contact number or anything? I'm afraid not. He walked off and off the street and put the piece together while people watched. It was quite confusing, gave the patrons quite the headache. Me too, I might add. You actually saw him put it together? Agent Green threw his cigarette to the ground, putting it out with his shoes. Finally, an eyewitness. Oh yes, and before you ask, no, we don't have any recordings of it. 
All the security feeds just switched to black text and a white background, saying no peeking. No idea how he did it. Agent Green looked towards the delicate glass structure and sighed heavily. A bit too heavily. The warp space took his sigh, magnified it, and redirected it in just the right direction to make the piece tilt. It felt in slow motion through impossible twists and turns, and when it finally hit the ground... And it's cut off, goes to the next one, which is called the... No, I'm assuming it goes to the title, It Just Shattered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. Alright, the next one cool. is uh, a cooler manifesto. Quote-unquote, fuck the critic. Ruiz paced in a monochrome hallway, holding a banged-up Betamax recorder in his hand. This asshole comes into my house, starts critiquing the fucking wallpaper. No, sir. No, sir. The carpet does not match the drapes, sir. Get the fuck out of my house, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, and I don't know, hyper-intelligent animals or aliens or whatever the fuck you are, you've made a mistake. This man is a fucking maniac, and I don't mean that in a good way. Ruiz started walking up his Penrose staircase. We've somehow become an institution in and of ourselves. And this is a huge, huge fucking mistake. Every time one of you fucking morons make him a medic graffiti tag, the man comes crashing down on those of us who are actually trying to say something. The stupidest among you started making childish mistakes. The man knows our name now. We're old hat, we're blasé, we're fucking bland. People look at our stuff and they sigh. Nobody gives a fuck about us because we're just doing shit that makes no sense. Ruiz jumped into a pair of mirrors and entered freefall. So I'm going to go ahead and do something a little radical. Fuck randomness, fuck data, fuck all of it. It isn't cool anymore, and that's why nobody talks about us. We used to exist to shock, to challenge, to actually grab the man by the fucking balls and shove them down his throat. Now we're just hammering out the same old shit. Enjoyment has more creative creativity left in its left toe than all of you put together. It's time to remedy that. I'm sending this to everyone. Here is our manifesto. Ruiz landed in a giant ball pit. Number one, fuck the critics. More specifically, fuck the critic. The critic is nobody. Anyone who's got a V at the beginning of their name is pretentious in all the wrong ways. Distance yourself from those assholes. Let them squabble over their scraps of shout-out and recycled creativity. Make art for yourself, because trust me, if you make art tailored for the critics, you're their bitch, not your own. So yank the critic cock out of your mouths. Start sucking your own cock for once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, words to live by. Ruiz picked up a Rubik's Cube and started fiddling with it. Number two, fuck the man. That's what we used to be about before haha lol so random xd happened. Here's a fucking tip, and just a tip, just to see how it feels fucking your brains out. If nobody understands your art, it's fucking worth worthless. Nobody being, like, the person, nobody. Number three, fuck you. <laughs> you ever ran us out of time like a bad joke? You smash this into the ground, and you sit around smoking your weed or whatever and wonder why nobody, like, understands us, man. That's because you're not making a point. We're also utterly profoundly derivative. Rehash after rehash. How long until one of us actually does something original for once? Ruiz trans transmigrated un what the fuck? Transmigrated ungolaterally betwixt chaotic inor inor inorganic multitudes of I'm calling for a renaissance. <laughs> I'm calling for a change. I'm calling for everyone to stop acting like they're cool just for rearranging the rules of reality. I'm calling you I'm calling for you to stop flooding us with your stupid, stupid bullshit. Oh my god, my throat's so fucking dry, this Jolly Rancher is not helping. I'm calling for a pizza delivered in ten minutes or your money back. I'm calling for you to actually sit down and look at everything you've done and ask if you're actually proud of it. I'm calling for you to realize that you aren't. I'm calling for you to all stop with the stuff we've been doing before. Oh my god, I'm dying. I'm calling for you to make us cool again. Ruiz hung up the phone made of cockroach innards, as one would own. Stop <laughs> making things because you can. Stop. Making things because you want to make things like everyone else. Stop making things because you already saw the same thing and wanted to do it again. Stop making things that aren't yours. Stop making things that aren't cool because this shit isn't cool. It's infantile. It's fucking stupid. You want to know why we aren't cool yet? It's because we includes all of us. And sadly, you are one of us. And you just aren't cool. Ruiz smiled into the Betamax recorder. <laughs> yet. Alright, you gotta read the rest of this, I hey, think. Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, hey, remember what I said right before we were recording about uh, when you asked which one of those you should have first? Um, I said it's going to make it hard for you to oh talk. Oh my god, I'm actually crying. <laughs> oh, that hurt my throat so much. Are you much. good? Yeah, it's just, I'm like coming down off of uh, have like a cold or whatever, and so my throat... Yeah, oh no. Like It's like fine, but I didn't think that my throat would get that dry, and now I'm dead. Uh, you can read... And it's like, <laughs> it's humid, and it's 
fall, so seasonal allergies might be contributing to that. And the, oh, Ju- no. and the, and the Julie, the Jolly Rancher, once again, was a mistake. Yeah, the Julie yeah. Rancher. Okay, all right, you can read the rest of that, and I'll recover until the next one. The Clipper and the Sculpt... Okay. The Clipper and the Sculptor... Clipper? I thought, I thought that said the critic. <laughs> the Clipper and the Sculptor sat and watched the video. How did he build that stuff? Is How is he on the moon? What the hell are those things? I don't like it. Well, of course you don't like it. You're mad you didn't sculpt this stuff first. No, I mean, I don't like what he's trying to do. It seems aimless. He's trying to break us apart. Back in the day, there was no us. We just did whatever we wanted. It's better now. We're working towards a goal. We're making art reality. Yeah, but I don't know. My heart's not really in it anymore. I'm the clipper. All I do is cut up magazines or recontextualize old stuff. I'm not like the rest of you. I don't get to make the things I want to. I don't get to create, just modify. And it's just because of these fucking names. You're the one who wanted it. Yeah, but not for the rest of my life. Duchamp's got a point. We're all just the whatever. And I'm sick of it. I want to put my real name on my damn work. <sighs> Duchamp. He doesn't deserve that pseudonym. Doesn't he? The clipper stood up and walked to the kitchen. You want something? I'm ordering pizza. Yeah, get me a vegetarian. Anyway, he's just... Ugh. Actually, get me a meat lovers. I need some meat right now. Sure, no problem. Actually, I think I swapped voices. But <laughs> I think you did, yeah. Anyway, he's just not cool. I mean, Betamax? What's even the point of that beyond it just being obscure? You're the only person I know who actually has a player for these things. We're probably the only ones even looking at this. The Clipper finished ordering a set. No, that was... I was right. <laughs> and sat down with the sculpture again. I know the critic has like ten of them. I got mine from him. He's going to be pissed. Oh yeah, he'll be pissed, all right. He's going to be crawling for Duchamp's head on a platter. Why, though? He's criticizing us, and he's cri- criticizing the critic's critique. Well, everyone's a critic. What makes you think people are going to pay him any attention? He's showy. He's countering our countercultural revolution. He's stealing it. He's misappropriating the source and taking our name through a joyride, for a joyride through the mud. He's making me really, really mad. I don't even think the video was an exploit. He's laughing at us. It's a normal video of impossible things. He's called bullshits on us using exploits at all. I don't get to use exploits, man. All I do is clip things, remember? Yeah, yeah, that was your decision. Was it the operative word here? I think I'm done with it. Fuck. The sculptor leapt to the player, fervently removing the tape, putting it to the light, trying to sense the feel of the non-existent on its beveled edge. He's got you, man. This thing's an exploit after all. It's, It's not. I'm just sick of it. I've been sick of it for a while. I've been not doing anything of my own, and the only reason I've been sticking around is because of you guys. But don't take this the wrong way, man, but I want to make other stuff. Don't you remember your first piece? That weird rebar thing? What do you call it? Yuskisk. <laughs> I remember. People loved that shit. Should have put your name on it. What was the last thing you did? All people remember me for is mailing out some newspaper clippings. We're stagnating. Ruiz opened the door. There you are. One Hawaiian, one meat lovers. Is that right, gentlemen? Please, tip generously. The sculptor and the clippers stared at Ruiz de Champ, spotting a tattered delivery man uniform who continuing, continued offering the pair of boxes. The clipper broke the silence. Fuck it, whatever. Here's twenty bucks to keep the change. Thanks. Enjoy your pizza. The sculptor switched his glaze to, gaze to the clipper as Duchamp walked back out the door. What the fuck is wrong with you? Dude, I'm hungry and he had our pizza. He's not an asshole. It's not going to be poisoned or anything. If he was here to kill us, the video would have done it. We're putty in his hands and he knows it. He's the one in control here. They're going to hate me for saying this, but he's cooler than us. <sighs> Whatever, just give me my damn meat. Here. This is vegetarian. Alright, I think I might be able to survive to this one. Uh, so- the ultimate prank. Swap the meat lovers for a vegetarian pizza. Huh? <laughs> You're really killing them. Alright, really next em. one is called Snip Snip Snip. Pico mm-hmm. Wilson sat in the middle of his corpse pile. Great introduction. <laughs> snip, snip. As snip, one does. Yeah. Snip, snip, snip. Wilson applied force to his succotors. The lady's fingers sheared off awkwardly, shattering, shattering, shattered bone poking through the flesh. <clears throat> Excuse me. He carefully inserted the finger into the corpse's nose. <laughs> another finger, another crunch. Wilson filled the other nostril. <laughs> another finger, another crunch. Wilson forced the index finger into his muse's left ear. He propped the body up against her brothers and sisters. You are beautiful, my dear. Wilson moved into her, pressing his mouth against her cold, dead lips. 
more beautiful in death than in life. The juxtaposition of the dead and the living. The absurdity of the fingers up your nose. Meaningless, indeed, considering your body is no longer a booger factory. What are you trying to get out of there? Is it the maggots? Is it your brain? You're searching in all the wrong places, my dear. Wilson plucked her eyes from their sockets and placed them in her mouth. You consider yourself ugly. Let me help you see inside yourself, beyond the skin-deep reflection of what we are. Deeper than that, swallow your eyes and look inside yourself. Swallow your eyes. <laughs> Wilson grabbed her jaw, bursting the eyes with her teeth. He mashed her gums against the aqueous humor. Silly lady, that medicine wasn't chewable. A final embrace, a goodbye kiss. He released his grip and she crumpled to the ground. The sculptor stared in disbelief. Holy shit. Wilson turned to his audience of one. Igu still wet on his lips. You disapprove? No, 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 no. That was metal as fuck, man. Shit. Pico licked his lips clean and reclined into his corpse pile. So what is it exactly that you want, Mr. The Sculptor? Mr. The Sculptor. I, uh, well, it's an invitation, I guess. Sure, where's the exhibition? No, I, I mean, not to an exhibition. It's like, we're kind of like an art club, and one of us kind of walked out, so we've uh, got a space open. And I remembered you from that thing back in 88, the, the Reagan thing, and I thought, shit, this guy knows how to clip stuff together, you know? I don't, I don't really clip stuff together. I'm more into cutting stuff apart. The sculptor clapped wildly. Fucking right, man. Damn fucking right. Like I was saying, this this other guy, he used to go by the clipper, right? And so we sort of need someone to uh, fill his shoes, if you know what I mean. So you're pulling me in as a replacement. Kind of, I guess. Well, not pulling you in. Offering you a place among people who can appreciate your stuff. Mutual critique. And, you know, we, we help each other out if we get into trouble, yeah? Like, if someone walked in on you here, they wouldn't get it. they call the police. It'd be awkward. But, you know, see, with us, we'd be able to take care of that for you. We've got a guy who can take care of the bullshit you can't be bothered with. The, the janitor, we call him. And he'd be all over that shit. You join us, you don't need to worry about the normals. Nobody tells us what to do, you know? Hey, I, I know. Nobody tells you what to do. See? You get it, man. Freedom from the men. That's what we're all about, man. It's about freedom, you know? You can pull this shit in the middle of the street. We take care of you. So, what? I, I join your little club and, and then what? I don't know. Uh, we just talk. You do your thing, we do yours. We make stuff. And what exactly was the last bit of stuff that you made? The sculptor shifted awkwardly. Well, uh, personally, I've been uh, taking a bit of a break at the moment. You know, bit busy with other things. Just putting time into the personal projects, you know? Right. You see, Mr. The Sculptor, I know about your little club, and your creative output has been somewhat... Slow, to say the least, and if I were to be a bit more loose with my words, I'd say you're at a complete fucking standstill. That's not really fair, man. It's, uh, it's complicated. And you look at me, and you say, wow, here's someone who's doing something. Let's pull him in. Let's wrangle him like a wayward horse. Break him in. Ride him like a two-cent whore. Well, Mr. The Sculptor, no, that that's just not, I am your whore. What? I am your whore. I am your spice. Feel free to shake me all over your meals. Eat me as you please. Allow me to enter your body as you enter mine. You used to do those things. We used to be changing this world, we share. But then you stood up to the change. You resisted. You sat on your own corpse pile, and you said, No, this is the best corpse pile. These are the best corpses, and anyone who wants to pick them and turn them into puppets, into animatronics, into real people, anybody who dares to breathe leaf, life into my corpses, anyone who dares to resurrect the dead, shall be crushed and made dead themselves. Okay, I think I've kind of lost you there. That's my point. That is my point exactly. You look at what I'm doing, and you raise your chin. And finally, I've managed to bring enough of a stench to wriggle into your nose. Make you look down, make you acknowledge my filth and squalor. Mr. The Sculptor, I want to be inside you. Look, man, you're making me uh, a bit uncomfortable here. Pico Wilson rose from his throne. I want to be inside you. I want to be a part of you. I want to change you from the inside. I want to force you from your stagnation. I want to make you burst open like an overboiled sausage. I want your delicious meat to burst forth. You see the spark in me, and you want it. And I see the spark in you, but it's been a bit too long. You've forgotten what it's like to be used to start a fire. You've forgotten how to fan kindling into a blaze. So yes, I will join your club. I'll be your clipper, your snipper, your spark plug of creativity. And by the time I'm done with you, you'll never forget the spark again. Now get out of here. I need to finger a few more girls. Well, uh, that's great, I guess. Welcome aboard. The sculptor turned and left the room. Whew, fucking nut job. That guy's interesting. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 pretty much all there is to it. Very nonsensical. I can tell that you're trying to make sense of yeah. it. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta uh, mess with my friend real quick. Okay. Editing, Soren. This is where you make an edit. No, this it's not. This is not where you make an edit. Editing, Soren. My friend so is getting into a media that uh, I vaguely know of and is saying, uh, it's Critical Role. Um, it is saying, oh, this dude's character is unconscious and he's not even here. Imagine if he dies and I'm pretending to not know who that character is. <laughs> because this friend knows that I started halfway through. Um, hey. <laughs> yeah, just all right, denial is better with everything. Oh, yeah, that's the name of this one. Flexibility. <laughs> Flexibility. Mm -hmm. All right. When we first encountered the artist, we followed standard procedure. Shoot first, ask questions later, then pass around amnestics like candy at a birthday party. This did not work for long. Your, the traditional textbook strategy that we employ is designed specifically to counteract organized groups. You look at our GOC policies, chaos insurgency policies, MC and D, the church, pretty much every force that we exchange bullets with and our interactions are dictated by the book. Hell, our interactions with them were what helped write the book. With all of these people, the line is that we are waging wars of attrition. We are able to keep up with them, because while all these groups are big, we are bigger. And we're going to keep shooting until their metaphorical clip runs dry and then some. But this strategy doesn't work with the artists. It's not because they're bigger than us, because they're not. It's because attrition warfare assumes both parties have centralized management. There needs to be a singular point of control constantly driving against the other side. But the artists are not like this. The artists are not centralized. The artists are not unified. And most importantly, the artists do not shoot back. As such, we cannot engage with them in the same way that we engage the other players. The war against the artists is, unfortunately, waste on their home turf. While they throw us the occasional skip, most of what they make is not directed towards us. It is released into the wild, presented as quote-unquote art, and then summarily forgotten. It is our job to secure this art, and if possible, the artists themselves. They are a culture, not a corporation. Our best guess is that the artists are just a passing fad, and if we're lucky, the cool today will be bland tomorrow. Yes, we're always going to have a few, but they aren't manageable right now. The best we can do is control their range, and even then, we're playing a losing game. The name of this game is not capturing and keeping the artists. You will not be able to hold them. However, this game requires us to know where the artists are going to be, and most of the time our intelligence sits on the spectrum between nil and fuck all. Current strategy is if the opportunity presents itself, you pick up a lone artist, drug them to the dickens, squeeze them for all they know about local exhibitions, then hit them with standard amnestics. And then you need to reintroduce them into their environment naturally. If you've done your job right, your artist will have no recollection that they got nabbed in the first place, and will play some time to arrange for inconspicuous crowd control. Don't forget this, because it's damn important. Never bring an artist to a site. They try to break for it, they will have a plan, and that plan will involve in grabbing everything they can and freeing everything they can free. You need a place to store an artist, you stick them in a safe house. We don't keep safe house locations on file anywhere. Once you're all assigned, I'll tell you where your area's safe houses are. Do not write down the locations of safe houses. You memorize them, and you don't say a word about their locations outside this room. As far as anyone outside this room knows, the designation safe house is not a part of the foundation structure, and you're to keep it that way. As I said, the artists are decentralized and incoherent, and so the war against the artists is a culture war. The thing is, that as loose as their organization may be, there's still a tendency to arrange into tighter cells. The cells are the ones who organize exhibitions. They pick a place, and it spreads by word of mouth. This leads to our secondary strategy, and the one that's a bit controversial. Long-term infiltration. Yes. Some of you are going to be masquerading as artists. Yes, you'll go to exhibitions. Yes, you'll smoke their weed. And yes, if it's required by cover, you're going to have to make some art yourself. That's right, you're going to be breaking the Foundation's gospel law, and you'll be making skip. Of course, since, I assume, none of you are capable of making anomalous objects by waving your hands and saying magic words, you're going to need some help. That'll be covered by Dr. Samuels after lunch. Anything you make yourself, you need to destroy yourself. On the flip side of this, we are breaking the other gospel law of the Foundation. You are going to destroy skips. Back when we didn't know what they were dealing with, we contained everything they threw at us. This is a massive, massive waste of manpower and resources. Most of what's the artist designed are immovable, permanent installations in suburban areas. If we stuck to cordoning off and containing every piece, we'll have half of New York City under lockdown. Yes, 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 I know what you're thinking. We're violating every rule in the book. But this is the only way we can deal with them, and time has shown us that it works infinitely better than standard procedure. This is the only way that works, and if anything, we're results-based. Now, that does not mean you're going to be smashing up everything in sight. That's the GOC's job. Our primary goal is still containment. 
you're to use your best judgment on whether it's something that can be reasonably contained to begin with. And if it isn't, you break it. If it's something you can pick up and slip in your pocket, that's what you do. If it's a giant metahazard hazard plastered on the side of a balloon, you pop the balloon and you recover it. If it's something immovable that's going to violate causality in the middle of Times Square, you smash it to smithereens. And also, this is the one rule we try hard not to break. Don't kill it if it's alive. Yes, you are probably going to see living installations. No, they are not what you are thinking of. They are worse. Last of all, one of the biggest cells that we know of is headed by a guy called The Critic. Nobody knows much about him, so if you can learn anything about this guy, you pack it back to us. Because right now, we know he exists, and that's about it. That's my bit over. Bagels by the door. Dr. Samuel's part starts in 10. Next one is called Novel Cultivars. I have bred a cultivar of celery that it tastes like cheese. Overgang dude and Melanamo and the arsehole of existence, arsehole, who were her friends, stared at the plate that Joey Tamlin was offering them. Then they looked at each other quizzically. Overgang, of course, through his trademark sunglasses, then at Joey's grinning face, then back at the plate. Overgang asked a question they both wanted answered. Why? I don't think you've heard me. I said I bred a cultivar of celery that tastes like cheese, yes. Uh, why? Well, I was making a sandwich, right? And you know how I got about my sandwiches. Triple Decker, Colby Cheese Squares, sliced ham, gluten-free white bread because of the allergies, right? Right. Right, so I go to the kitchen, and I always got a shred of cheddar, since Molly, you know I'm living with Molly now, right? Molly got up in the middle of the night and just ate the whole damn block of cheese raw, even though it was my cheese, and she knows how I get about my sandwiches, so I was kind of <coughs> pissed off, right? Cheesed, even. Overgang, fist-bumped <laughs> arsehole. Cheese to Joey barely stopping to register the joke. Right, cheese, nice, whatever. Anyways, I'm sitting here, and my bread's still toasting, since, you know, I like to toast a little bit. I get a little crunchy, right? And I look in the fridge, and always got a shred of cheddar. So I think, sure, what the hell? So it's already in the toaster, so I put the cheddar ready to go. Pull up the ham then, right? And you know how we buy the stuff full egg at a time, because it's crazy cheap like that, right? Right? Right, so I'm sitting there, and I, I get out a knife, and I go to cut the ham, since I normally cut the cheese first, but like I said, the cheese are shredded already. So I go to cut the ham, and then I realize sliced ham only makes sense with sliced cheese. Shredded cheese means shredded ham, so I think to myself that this just won't do. <clears throat> So I look at my toast, and I've only got about a half a minute before that's before it's done, and you know I need to chuck everything right on after it comes out of the toaster, right, so that the cheese melts and everything, or otherwise it's ruined. So, <clears throat> uh, quick thinking, I, I pull out the box grater, and I think to myself, hell, sure, you can just grate ham, right? Right. Wrong. See, ham will like is crazy fibrous, right? So if you're not doing it with a food processor or something, it just gets caught up. It just gets caught up, and it's basically terrible. If you're not doing it right, it's like you're rubbing the grater against tree bark or something, right? Bits are coming off, but they aren't really wood chips. You can do my drift. So my toast pops up, and Chuck just grabs the ham and the cheese in, and I make my sandwich, and it wasn't super great, but it, it was all right. There was a moment of silence, broken by Arthol. And cheese? Celery? Oh, right. Anyways, I'm, I'm eating my sandwich, and I'm thinking, well, the reason you can't grate leg ham with a box grater is it's fibrous, right? But my cheese was already grated, so I think, what if cheese was fibrous? And I think about this for a bit, and I say, what the hell? Something to do, I guess. So that's it. Cheese celery. Cheese celery. Joey offered the plate again, grinning from ear to ear. Overgang continued questioning. Wait, let's stop for a moment. Whoa. I'm just... What just happened? You made uh, cheese celery, Soren. Did you not listen and to then, what he was saying? Yeah, no, no, no. But he's, yeah, no, but he spent a lot of time just talking about the backstory, so this is what I sound like explaining anything to anyone. Soren, he made cheese celery. He made cheese celery. Cheese celery. Cheese celery. Okay. The ultimate baseball snack. Why celery and not, like, cheese carrots or something? Well, Molly had some celery growing in the garden, so it was just candy, I guess. And does Molly know you were fucking with the genome of her celery? I may not have gotten around to telling her this yet. Arsol shook her head disapprovingly. Should probably get around to that, Joey. Anyways, uh, cheese celery. Let's have some, then. Overgang cautiously reached over to the place, picking up a piece and examining it. It looked like celery. He snapped it with his fingers, producing a characteristic crunch. It sounded like celery. Then he looked the halves, and his tongue felt the taste of rich cheddar cheese. He placed them on his tongue and relished in his palate's confusion, and started chewing. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It felt fibrous and crispy, and yet, cheese. Joey, this is just weird, man. Arsehole countered. I don't know, I, I could get used to it. You could put it on crackers, I guess. You could put it on cheeses, pizzas instead of cheese. Oh man, that'd be weird. What would stick the other stuff to the top, though? Sauce is sticky, Yanong. Right, right. Lasagna? Crunchy lasagna, crunchy cheeseburgers, crunchy cheesecake. Ew, I'd eat it. I'd eat it too. The pair of them turned to Joey, speaking in unison. This is pretty cool. Don't you feel, like, sick or anything? Or high? No, why would we... 
Overgang spat out his mouth full of cheese celery. You were using us as fucking guinea pigs? Joey broke into peals of laughter. I'm fucking with you. It's fine. Thing is, it got, it got me thinking, right? What about other food? Or whatever. We call ourselves artists, but honestly, I'm a pretty shitty chef. All I eat is ham and cheese sandwiches. Also countered. Hey, I worked at a pizza place for a year. That's assembly. It doesn't count. Shut up. Anyway, not my point. All I've ever done in the past is visual art, right? Like painting or sculptor or that thing in 93. Man, I loved that thing in 93. Well, yeah, everyone loved the thing in 93. It was the thing that made you love it. Oh, right. Not my point, guys. The thing is, I've been sticking to titulation of the eyeballs for too, way too long, and I can't think of a single guy out there who's just making weird food. Eddins did, I think. Who? Eddins. You know, the guy with curly hair? Come on, everyone knows Eddins. Oh, curly hair guy. Right. Never talked to him. Keep seeing him around. Yeah, Eddins fucked around with food for a bit. Couldn't do much with it, though, from what I remember. Stopped with it after those fucking tomatoes. Well, that's the thing, right? Food's like performance art. You make it, you give it to someone, they eat it. It's real intimate, right? And you can't make the same meal exactly the same way twice, so it's probably one of a kind. You can't copy a meal the same way you can copy a game or something. Overgang, one of the few professional anarchist coders, surrounded this. Hey, Joey, that's... Well, yeah, that's kind of true. No offense, man. Hey, you got a point. Anyway, I reckon I'm going to do some stuff with food for the next exhibition. Stretch out a bit, you know? Expand horizons or whatever. Just walk around with a platter of trippy sweets and snacks and stuff. Sounds neat. You realize that's on Friday, though, right? Wait, that's this Friday? Yeah. What's today? Tuesday. Shit. Wait, what are you guys doing for it? Uh, I've got my Half-Life mod, you know? The one that puts your family's family members into it? Oh, yeah. Arsehole? <laughs> Eh, don't have anything right now. I'm still working on the thing with a uh, Hyro P. Ah, cool. Say, you uh, you and Hyro, is there any, you know? What? Joey is trying to politely ask if you fucked his brains out yet. The fuck are you talking about? Hyro's gay. Overgang and Joey glanced at each other and looked at Arsol. Seriously? Yeah, that a fucking problem? No, no, just didn't peg him for that, I guess. Well, yeah, we're actually planning something with him and his boyfriend next week down at the docks. Should be fun. You guys can tag along if you want. Nah, I'll pass. I think I'm right. Suit yourselves. Arsol stood up, pulling three joints from her back jeans pocket. She lit them all one at a time. You know we don't smoke, right? I know. Arsol stuck the three joints into her mouth and walked out on the patio. Some artists are cool, actually. Hey, what do you mean? These ones haven't s said nothing about killing people for art. <laughs> And they're that just... makes them cool. Yeah. That's... No, but they're cool. Because that's the thing. The concept of anarchists um, who don't like that anomalous things aren't like allowed, basically, yeah. is really cool. And I like... I mean, that's kind of what Gamers Against Weed did, is just having a cell that breaks off. But they're also... They got the meme culture, uh, like, different yeah. niche. Just having this, like... Basically, this cell of Are We Cool Yet that doesn't seem to be... Using human lives too much in their art, um, to say it is pretty Good. cool. They they're also fun. Uh, cheese yeah, celery. That he made them. I, I thought it was funny at first when he was like, "Cheese Wait, celery you guys and a half life mod like and three I... at once." Anyway, are you still there? Hello. Wait. Oh, there you go. Hold up. You're gone. This is a solo show now. Can you hear me? Do not care if he is talking. There, I hear you for <laughs> yeah, a moment. Yeah, I don't know, man. This shit happens way too fucking often. Is it is it still it recording? Is. Um, yeah, because that's doing a different thing. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Clipper. Yeah, we can do this one. Oh, this is the guy. Uh, this is the dude because I I notice he says miss yeah, the director. I think okay. um I think we uh this like this will be the last. Oh, one advertisement. I'm gonna slam an ad in okay. front of it All though. Right. Here's an ad then, Bop. Okay, yeah, th this will be the last one that we read for today. Yep, uh, I think I want to continue this because it's actually really cool. Yeah. I like it. I'm enjoying it too. Uh, you can see. Yeah, and this was kind of long. Oh, yeah, this one's also at the end of Act 1. Like, at the right at the bottom, I scrolled and it says so much for yeah. Act 1. Which is kind of why I decided so, to, yeah. <laughs> so, and we'll see how long it takes to get to the mid-break and see if we'll do the thing. All right. You're the new Clipper, right? No, I think the name we're going with is Snipper, Mr. Director. A lot more snap, snippy snappy. The sniffer winked, clicking his fingers towards the woman standing at the door. Did you have to bring those in there? I think you mean them, and no, I didn't, but they were all very interested in meeting everyone. 
They could just couldn't bear not to see you all. The director pinched her nose at the seat of rotten flesh. You seen anyone else yet? Nobody was here when I arrived. The director moved around the table, taking the seat directly opposite the sniffer. All right, I've got to ask. How'd you get that in here without people noticing? The sniffer looked blankly at the director's teeth. There was a smear of lipstick on one of them. Without noticing? You know what? I don't even want to know. The awkward silence formed between the two. The director retreated to the comfort of her phone, texting out messages to her various actors, then playing a few rounds of solitaire. Oh my god. The few times she dared look up, the sniffer was carefully disassembling a human hand. He peeled back the skin, then stripped off the muscle with his bloody fingernails. He smiled innocently, plucking at the tendons and watching the bony puppet dance. Fucking kid, the director thought to herself. Hey kids, you've got to... Hey guys, you've got to... Oh, new clipper, right? The composer stood awkward in the doorframe. Sniffer, you must be Mr. the Musician, yes? Uh, Mr. the Composer, actually. Is that... Damn, that smells... Are those human? You mean they, and... Yes, they are. Ah, cool. Pretty fucking metal. Mostly skin and bone, actually. The composer turned, taking the seat next to the director. Anyway, Sandy, you need to listen to this. You know how I was working on that one sample? You know, what's cooler than being cool? <laughs> Finally finished muxing it properly. Check this out. Ah, uh, he'll want both of these. Here. The composer handed an iPod to the director, earbuds swinging pendulously. She placed them in her ears, then pressed the play button. Her face was one of stoicism, then expectation, then bemusement, and then of restrained laughter. That's pretty good. I, nope. That's, that's pretty good. Hey, Clipper, you want to listen? The snipper looked up from his rotting carp carcasses. Snipper. Sure. He reached over, and the composer dropped the iPod onto his red, dripping hands. He carefully placed one earbud in, then the other. The composer looked ex expectantly at his face, waiting for some semblance of change. There was none. The snipper placed the iPod back on the table. I don't understand. Well, you know where the samples roam from, right? Yes. And then you heard the screaming, right? Yes. Well, it, don't you get it? No. The composer shared a knowing shake of the head with the director. Fucking plebeian, they thought to themselves. Don't worry about it. There's a bit of a complex work. There's layers here. The composer wiped off the viscera of the screen, switching to another track and settling into his wooden chair. The director continued tapping at her phone. The snipper was pulling apart another hand. The builder and the sculptor walked through the door, deep in conversation. See, it's like when you were building that stairwell, man. It's gotta be... Ah, yeah, he's already here. Cover your nose, man. Damn, that's rank. What did I tell you, though? Yeah, pretty fucking metal. Mostly skin and bone, actually. The two of them sat on either side of the skipper. The... The... The snipper. The builder initiated conversation. So, Clipper. Snipper. Snipper, then. Have trouble finding the place? No. A short pause drew into a longer one. So... Another pause. Hey, Bob, I finished that thing I was working on, you know. The cooler-than-cool thing? Listen to this. The builder reached over to the offered iPod, relieved at the offered distraction. His face was one of stoicism, then expectation, then bemusement, then a restrained laughter. That's pretty good. Here, Tim, check this out. The sculptor took the iPod from the builder, passing it across the snipper, still fiddling with his hand. The sculptor put the earpods in his ears. His face was one of stoicism, then expectation, then bemusement, then a restrained laughter. That is pretty fucking good. Where are you going to air this? I was thinking I might mail it out. Speaking of which, I got an interesting package today. A messed up version of We Are the Champions, a shitty French cover. Butchered the translation, though. Every damn article is wrong. The snipper looked up, staring at the composer's eyelids, some vague flash of recognition setting his face into the, the frown. The sculptor gave his reply. Yeah, we're not gonna, We're going to have to talk about that. You're not the only one getting mail. What do you mean? We'll talk about it when everyone's here. The painter burst through the door, poster in hand. Some asshat mailed me this shit. He unraveled it and displayed it to the group. The majority of it was covered by a crayon doodling, but in the center of the poster was an intricately detailed human bottom, with the phrase, She got a sweet ass written underneath in glowing gold paint. Don't get too close. Looking too long makes you shit yourself. It literally makes you shit your pants. I got this thing, stared at it, and wondered, gee, what does this mean? And then bam, brand new pair of underwear ruined. The painter rolled the poster up again, sitting between the composer and the sculptor. The snipper intensified his gaze and frowned. Is this the new clipper? I prefer snip. Yeah, he is. The snipper switched his glare to the director. Oh, yeah, he is. She continued playing solitaire on her phone. Well, about time he got rid of the old guy. He was losing his cool a bit. The sculptor moved uncomfortably in his seat at the director's comment. He wasn't that bad, you know. Getting on in years, yeah, but he was alright. Still, though, old men aren't cool. Say that to the critic. Speaking of which, anyone seen him yet? Nobody was here when I arrived. Weird. He's normally the first one sitting at his table. Are any of you even- The snipper sighed. Are any of you even listening to me? Everyone turned to stare at him. Fucking nut job.
Felix Cort, uh, Cori, not Corti. Felix Cori entered the cordoned off room. Ruiz looked up from the half yellow carbon steel blade on his lap. Clipper, Duchamp, enjoy the pizza? It was alright. Good. Ruiz looked back down and continued painting the blade. What are you doing? <clears throat> painting a carbon steel blade yellow? Why are you painting a carbon steel blade yellow? Because they didn't sell yellow ones at the store. Ah. Felix sat down on one of the wooden chairs that lit in the studio. It was cluttered with electronics and laboratory equipment, a quietly, a quietly humming centrifuge sitting in the corner. What's in the centrifuge? Contagious cancer. Why are you making contagious cancer? Ruiz looked up at Felix. What do you want, Clipper? I'm busy. I'm not the Clipper anymore. I got sick of that. And? Do you want to pat it on the back? Go away. Felix sat in stunned silence. Ruiz continued covering the circular blade, occasionally dipping his brush back into the bucket of vicious paint behind, beside him. I was expecting it well done, at least. Why? Well, I left them all behind. I'm not a part of it anymore. Ruiz stood up, dripping blade held out as he pointed. You were not the problem. You weren't doing anything, and honestly, I fucking liked it that way. You were the one person in that whole fucking club that I frankly did not give a shit about. <clears throat> but now that you've left, and my stupid fucking brother is in with them, and he's just going to fuck it all up. Your brother? Pico fucking Wilson. The fucking psychopath your quote-unquote friend pulled in to replace you. This wasn't part of my fucking plan. He's just going to fuck everything up. Fuck. Fuck. Ruiz threw the wet blade of the opposite wall like a frisbee, slicing through the plaster like but butter. He stood and stared at the stunned Felix, frowning like a spoiled child. Ruiz, no, that's not my fault, you know? It's, I know it's not your fault. I know, I know. Shit, fuck. Sorry, Clipper. I'm not the Clipper anymore. Call me Felix. Sorry, Felix. Ruiz walked to the wall and started to extricate his yellow son. It's pretty damn simple before. I've been working on this shit for months. It was all supposed to be planned, and then that asshole just happens to be in town. Just happens to be showing off his stupid corpse bullshit. He's not a fucking artist. He's just a straight-up monster. He's going to complicate things a hell of a lot more. Ruiz yanked the blade from the wall. You weren't supposed to leave. You were supposed to think about leaving, but you weren't supposed to actually fucking leave. Felix, why the fuck did you decide now is a good time to start being unpredictable? Felix didn't know what to say. He so he sat and said nothing. Pico doesn't know what he's getting into. Pico's fucking nuts, and you don't get how proper, how proper fucking mental this guy is. He's going to wreck everyone's shit. Fuck. Ruiz sat down and continued to paint the yellow blade. Felix composed himself and asked a question that he came to ask. So, uh, what exactly are you trying to do? Instigate a paradigm shift. Remove the centralized power system. Dethrone the critic. And how? Ruiz held up the blade. You see this, Felix? I've been working on just this one blade for a month. It's the most subtle work I've ever designed. Look at it and feel nothing. I can stick it on the rack and you'll feel nothing. I can put it in with a million other blades and nobody would notice the difference. This one blade makes everything else I've ever done look like fucking pity scribbles. Because you look at this blade and you feel absolutely nothing about it. So what does it actually do? Nothing, Felix. This blade does absolutely nothing and it's the finest thing I've made in my entire life. We've got enough deadly bullshit in here to kill a country and absolutely none of it breaks reality. And this is what I'm going to show to the critic. And this is what's going to drive him mad. Felix, I'm going to fill the room with death traps so obvious, so profoundly fucking stupid that nobody is going to actually use them. And that's it for Act 1. Look at that. I think this is... I think that the first story takes place way after the rest of yeah, the everything. That, that, yeah, I it think is. it's... the. I think it's... He made the tape. He sent it to the two. The Clipper dude gave up. They got his brother. Sculptor got his brother. Um, who is... Ooh. <laughs> um, I don't think the critic was in the first... Got to see the gallery yet. Yeah, no. No, that... that uh... While we, you, and I also think that one is the first one. While we oh, go kill yourself is the first one. Yeah, and I also don't think that Ruiz intended the uh, people to actually use half of the stuff yeah. there. In but that's also why it's interestingly important. enough. Uh, it said, "Hold on, that last fucking thing at the end. Nobody is going to actually use them." I remember a while back. Um. I don't know. I think it might have been a solo episode that I did. I'm not sure, but I re I remember reading about nobody for the podcast, and I think yeah. he dies okay. in that trap. I'm I'm pretty sure like that's a thing that happens. Yeah, because I think nobody. Okay, because the thing about if I remember what nobody is right, I believe it's the thing that nobody they don't the foundation doesn't know what it is. They don't know if it's one person, if it's a group of people. All they know is that like. They show up, and there's you can tell when they've been somewhere because of like the context. Yeah. But 
there's never a report that they've been there as mm-hmm. i think what it is um like there's always con- there's if basically if like certain things happen you know they were yeah. there but nobody ever sees them do any of those things it's, just, it's always after the fact yeah, yeah, and so I think yeah. in the... Th- no, them or it, or yeah. the only, like, if there's a single and one. so I think so. in the one that I read, the idea was that nobody was a specific person and that they died in that. They might not have, I might just be confusing yeah. it with something else, but I'm pretty sure... I mean, that would make sense, and I think that I think that's a really interesting concept. Um, I also think it's really funny, especially if... Um, because it is capitalized at the end here. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying... So I think that's what it's referencing. I think that's what it's saying... Um, Maybe this person wrote both of them. I don't know who wrote this. So I'm. I think someone's wrote. Mo- I. I don't know how to see the author of a page on the, the <laughs> wiki. I literally don't. It's nowhere. Know, but we. Uh, I think we'll definitely. Um, History. We'll continue this uh, next time, and then. Uh, I feel like this will probably Randomini. work out to be like a three-parter. We'll just we'll finish it, and then see how long it takes. Yeah, Random Randomini is the person that's written. Um. Most of most of those. Yeah. Yeah, had written the the last one and the first one is what I'm saying. Uh, actually, let's look at the hub page. Yeah, it is the hub page is them. Too. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, and uh, Random Media's last update was in July of 2014. Oh, so that's. Are you are you at? <laughs> Perhaps. All right. Um. Yeah. So I that's uh pretty uh, that's it for this one. Recent contribution. Um, oh no, they're still contributing things. Oh, they're still contributing. They're still writing Cool War. Um. <laughs> In July of this year, they wrote a thing for they or they uh, altered something for Cool War Four. Yeah. Um. And they've been doing some edit. Yeah. No, they're still going. That's cool. That's cool. I like this. Uh, how it's written, how it's story, mm-hmm. like a specifics. That's one of my favorite things in this kind of thing because you can go broad with describing the stuff, but the, I think it's always best to have like a series of story, like a a story that just goes in and takes place within this one group yeah. or whatever. What? This shows how, like, some people are super pretentious and humans, and then that other group that we saw at one point are just, like, yeah. chill. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of how it is with every organization, is that you have the people that are, like, very central to that beliefs, and then the, sort of the, like, outliers of that group or whatever. So, I think this has done yeah. a good job of... There's always a lot. It's cool. Yeah, and it's, like, well-written, too. It's not, like, super complex or anything it's i mean i can tell something's happening but like narratively it's just good just it's it's just just good good. i like it all right um and wow i did not think that took as long (laughs) um i feel like it's been like 10 minutes i I don't know about that but they are he's an artist (laughs) um all right yeah that's that's true all right so this is gonna wrap up for this one. Um, we got. We'll see you guys uh, again in the next couple of weeks. Um, for to to do part two of this. Uh, will we finish it? Probably not. But it'll be part two. So yeah, we'll keep going until it feels like we should just send it off to you yeah. or whatever. <laughs> all right. Um. So that's all for this one. We'll see you guys in the next one. Uh. And that's it. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye.